Well, good morning, Missio family. How's everybody? Good? Awesome. Good morning. If you're a guest with us, my name's Dominic, and uh, yeah, I'm grateful that you're here. Uh, this morning, I read an article uh, in the news. It was about a, a woman named Melissa. She's 54 years old, and just recently, she met her father for the very first time in her life. Uh, her parents met. They had an evening. She was born um, she never knew the story of her dad. Uh, her mom just could give her little bits of information. And her whole life, she said she was searching. She took 23andMe. She did all the genealogy stuff. She tried to find her father. She never could until one day, uh, through this other site, she was able to find someone that had the same last name as her dad. And so here she is at 52 at that time, and she connects with this person. They're like, oh, yeah, that's my cousin, the person you're looking for. They start this relationship on social media, just talking, connecting. Finally, at 54, she gets to meet him face-to-face. And she said when she met her dad face-to-face for the first time, she's like, it was obviously a a piece to a missing puzzle. She said, I began to realize and understand so much about myself and even, like, accept more of myself because I was able to look at his face and see how much his face looked like mine. I was able to look at his body and realize how much his body looked like mine. She was self-described, she said, as sturdy and big-boned, and her mom was tiny and petite. And her whole life, she just never put that together. But here she was standing in front of her dad, and he had the same build. He had the same smile. They had the same sense of humor. She, she said, it was like looking in a mirror for the first time and having it look back at me and tell part of my story that had been missing for so long. She said it was amazing how that changed her life at 54 years old. I'm sharing that with you this morning because we've been in a series uh, called Gifted for More. And part of the heart of this is to talk about and help us to remember and realize that we are created by, by God, who is a good and perfect father. We are created by God, who is the creator of all of us. And God, in his word, says that he's created each of us in his image and in his likeness. There's ways in which we will not understand who we are until we look at the face of our father, not just our biological fathers, but our heavenly father, metaphorically looking at his face or maybe experientially but looking at him and realizing that who we are is not an accident and who we are is not just because it's from our biological mother or our biological father but that who we are is the intentional design of a loving and faithful father God creator of all who created you and I in his image in his likeness each of us unique with special gifts skills and talents to reflect who he is in this world And I think in the same way that this gal, Melissa, finally looked at her father and understood parts of her story, I believe that we will better understand who we are and more fully our story when we have a better understanding of how we are wired, how we are gifted, how God has uniquely created us. And so that's a key part of of what this this study has been about, what this series has been about. It's been looking at different aspects of Scripture, um, not necessarily at what are called spiritual gifts in Scripture, but giving us a more full-orb picture. Lutheran Ministries, in partner with Barna, they did this series, and they, there was these 12 gifts, which we'll look at here this morning, that they believe if we as Christians can better understand them, it'll help us to not necessarily bifurcate gifting the way that we often do. Part of their premise was that in the church, people in my role often look at and think about gifting and go, oh, it's just, I want to get my people to serve in the church. And if, when we do that, it's short-sighted on my part. And they said, then most of you guys think about your gifting, your skills, your talents, and your abilities, and you think about how do I leverage this in the marketplace? And there's this major bifurcation or this separation and not a holistic look and understanding of who I am, holistically created by God, realizing that my gifts, skills, talents, and abilities, it's not just for the marketplace, 
but it's for my whole life, that no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, I have been created intentionally by God for the sake of the flourishing of the community around me, however small you want to make that, however large you want to make that, and you have a unique contribution that you can make. And the world is not whole unless you are actually making the contribution that you were uniquely created to make. In some regards, it's similar to that, maybe that circle of support, thinking about those different key roles that are needed. If one of those key roles is not in that circle of support, it is not whole. That family will not experience the support that they are intended by that system that was created. And in the same way, the premise of this study was to look at and encourage us and remind us again, each of us is uniquely gifted by God with gifts, skills, talents, abilities that God has given to you to exercise in faith with generosity for the sake of the flourishing of the community. Again, your family, your neighborhood, the church, and the world beyond to bring wholeness and redemption to reflect God through your life. Amen? I think that's exciting stuff. Today, we're going to wrap up this series. And to do that, I want to look kind of practically um, at this. Uh, I want to look at Scripture with you in a a number of ways. But I also want to look practically and, and look at the 12 gifts and even talk about how those have played out in our community in two recent ways. Uh, one of the things that we're going to do at the end of our gathering this morning is we're actually going to dedicate the playground that was been put together. And so I'm going to use that kind of as a case study here in a moment. But here's, here's been the premise scripturally, one of the key foundational scriptures that we've been talking about and looking at in different ways over the last six weeks. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul writes in verses 8, 9, and 10, he writes this, and he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, and the premise here is not only that God gave the gift of salvation, that it's a gift of grace, and we we can do nothing to earn salvation, we just need to receive the gift, but also in verse 10 where he says we are God's workmanship, it's that, that God created each of us uniquely. That word, again, workmanship is this word poema, meaning, and it sounds like the word poem, but it's, it's a work of art. Meaning that you and I, each of our lives is a work of art. It's a work of the expression of God's love put out into the world to tell a story, to tell the gospel, to tell of his kingdom, to point to him and tell of his goodness. And every single one of us is that. Every single one of us is a work of art created by God in Christ Jesus for good works, for things that we would do acts of service, acts of applying skill, acts of applying our artistic ability, acts of applying technical acumen, acts of communication, of financial stewardship, of critical thinking, of leadership, of teamwork, all of these things that God prepared in advance for us to do and for us to walk in them, both for our good and our benefit, but again, for the flourishing of the community around us. And so as we've looked at this as our backbone, scripture, we've looked at the fact that, yeah, every person is a gift, each and every one of us with different gifts, skills, talents, abilities, is how they've been defined in this study, to share with others for the sake of accomplishing kingdom good in the world, both inside and outside the church. Again, trying to bridge this reality of holistic lives, not separating my church life and my work life, but a holistic look at life. And we've been called to think about the fact that when we steward our gifts with generosity and self-awareness, and we come together to do that, we can have a greater kingdom impact together than we can on our own. Then part of this series, you were invited to take the Every Gift Inventory. Um, we had a, a church code that allowed you to do that. And we, I got the report, and it said that 49 people took that. So thank you for the 49 of you that did that. That's awesome. What that tells me, there's, there's far more than 49 people here in this room, so who didn't take it? Just kidding. No, but 49 of you took it, and I'm so grateful for that. 
And the other thing that we heard, some of the feedback, and we, we told you up front when you took this, that this assessment was different. It, it's not like your typical ones that you take at work. It's not like a spiritual gifted test. It's not talking about spiritual gifts. It's talking, again, more holistically about the grace given to you in different ways. But what we heard back kind of was, you know, I took the assessment. I didn't fully understand the report that they gave me. I'm not exactly sure how to use it. So I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. In order to do that, I want to look at actually what are the 12 gifts that, that they had identified through their research and their study. Again, this, this assessment, every gift, has been around for almost 30 years, and they've used it to help people identify and think about, again, holistic life, the gifting of God in their life, and how to steward it. So the, the gifts are this. There, there's technical, there's interpersonal, there's artistic, there's civic, there's entrepreneurial, there's management, there's intercultural, there's communication, financial, critical thinking, leadership, and teamwork. Technical gifting is, is gifting that is, helps you perform specific tasks that require a special and refined set of skills. In talking about interpersonal, it helps you interact with, care for, build relationship with others. Artistic gifts is exactly what it sounds like. It helps you express yourself in creative and artistic ways. It includes many different forms. There's a civic gift that helps you think about the impact that you can have by participating as a citizen within an organized community. There's an entrepreneurial gift that helps you identify new opportunities, set goals, design strategies to achieve them. There's an intercultural gift that helps you relate to others from other cultures and social groups. And I think it's important to remember it's not just other cultures, but social groups, that each social group actually has its own culture in your own way of thinking, of believing, kind of artifacts. There's gifts of, of management that help you manage both tasks and people. There's communication gifts, not only oral communication, but communicating to individuals or groups in a clear and engaging way. There's financial gifts that help you to plan, organize, direct, control financial activities. There's a gift of leadership that helps you organize people to reach a shared goal and effectively lead them toward that goal. And there's a gift of critical thinking that helps you process data to problem solve, to make informed decision, analytical thinking, creativity is expressed. There's a gift of teamwork, helps you effectively collaborate with others and work alongside others. So over the 30 years, they've identified these of, as 12 gifts that they believe every person has at some level. And, that, and understanding this can help us to think, again, more holistically about life because these can be applied in every arena of our life. Now, what I want to look at with you this morning quickly is um, our, our report. Part of the reason why uh, we gave you that church code was because one of the goals was to get a snapshot of our community so that we can look at this and think about who we are. And so if you took the assessment of the 49, what we received then was uh, you're, you're, you had a self-selected uh, gifting. And self-selected means that you identified the top two. And I want to look at this real quick. Interpersonal, there was 23 people that identified interpersonal as their top gift. Entrepreneurial was the second most at 14. We had critical thinking. 11 people said, that's one of my top gifts that I'm self-selecting. 11 people said technical. Seven said communication. Seven said intercultural gifting. Five artistic, five financial, five leadership, five teamwork, three management. And civic, interestingly, was zero for self-selection. The other thing that this assessment did, though, was not only give you what are your top two self-selected as you answered the questions, was that it also then, based upon how you answered the questions, and again, I don't understand the algorithm behind it and all of that, but what it gave us was also based upon your mastery score. So there was the things that you identified as, this is what I believe are my top two gifts, and then based upon how you answered, it actually identified what are the highest gifts within our community based upon mastery. Meaning there's those of us that have these gifts in a developing stage, in a developing phase. There are those who have used these gifts 
uh, more recently or more effectively and wired them and honed them in and grown in them until they're accomplished. And then there are those who have done so much with, with our giftings that you are exemplary in these certain areas. Now, one of the things I think is really interesting is that the self-selected, there was 22 or 23 that were interpersonal, but in terms of the mastery scores, actually 35 out of the 49 all scored interpersonal. What does that tell me? And so thinking about that kind of that gap or the difference, this is one of the key things we've been talking about is that understanding our gifting and how God is calling us to contribute in a place and in a space where he's called us, everywhere it is, it's actually learning what my awareness, how has God uniquely gifted me? This is showing me that 23 people said, I think I have an interpersonal gift. This assessment said 35 people actually have been gifted by God with an interpersonal gift. Now that depends on how much you want to trust the assessment, but 30 years of research and all that, that shows me there's, there's like 12 people who don't actually have the awareness of my ability, your ability to interact with people in a way that brings a space that is safe, where people feel heard, where fe- people can feel understood, where people feel uh, that, that, that they are experiencing empathy. And if you have a greater understanding of that and the way that you view yourself, you can actually show up in a space and represent God and his goodness and his kingdom more than you could if you're not aware of that. One of the things we've talked about throughout this series is that, you know, in last week we looked at the fact that, that Saul, when he had his interaction with the Lord and he went into the community, there were people that were actually literally trying to kill him. And had they succeeded in that, Paul wouldn't, Saul would not have gone on to become Paul. He would not have gone on to use his gifts in all the ways that he did. But there was a community that came around him that protected him. There's a community that came around him and encouraged him to press forward. There's a community that came around him and continued to help point him on mission to say, you need to go and do this. And one of the things we talked about was the fact that you and I might not have people trying to kill us physically, but if you actually have an interpersonal gift that God has given you by his grace, but you do not understand that, or if you grew up in an environment that told you you're not good with people, Or if the lie tapes in your head are, no, you're not good with people, don't do that. But there's actually 12 of you more than you identified that do that. That's an area where you're not going to step into kingdom gifting and effectiveness and exercise the grace of God in your life unless you have people begin to tell you and encourage you and help you realize, grow in the awareness of how God has wired you. Does that make sense? And that's a really beautiful and important thing. Again, it speaks to why we have to understand and exercise, use our gifts in community so that there are truth being spoken from God, from his word, and from our community. The other one that I want to point out is uh, teamwork. On the self-identified one, only five people said, I've got a gift of teamwork. On this assessment, 20 people have teamwork. That's considerably more. That's four times the amount of people actually that have a wiring to say, I, I can work in a team. I can be a part of effectively accomplishing something together if I step in there with humility with love, and with a desire to partner with brothers and sisters. Not in a spirit of competition, but in a spirit of complementing one another to accomplish good. That's a beautiful thing. Gift of communication was only seven on the self-identified. Communication was 18. Again, a key thing that we are called to do as a body of Christ is to do what? It's to tell the story of the gospel. Yes, through our acts of service, but also through our words. The gospel needs to be proclaimed in our world in word and in deed. And this is telling us that we actually have the ability to, com- to communicate, to proclaim something more effectively maybe than we are aware. That to me is a beautiful thing. That's a skill I want us to develop. That's why I think this is important. The last one I want to point out before we talk about a few other things. Civic on the self-selected was zero. Can you guys see the bottom one here? 
Seven. Seven of you, the way that you answered it actually shows that you actually have a wiring for civic engagement. You are wired to think about making an impact by participating as a citizen within an organized community. You are gifted for advocacy, for knowledge of political systems, and the ability to critically think about civic and political life. Again, I think that's really important as we are in a beautiful stage of our community where I think we're needing to grow and think about, again, not just stewardship of this for ourselves, but stewardship for the sake of our community. How are we engaging civically with what God has entrusted to us in this season to advocate for people, to engage in systems, and to bring about change in ways that are necessary within our community? What do you guys think? Pretty cool? I know I'm not even like a data nerd or person. Some of you guys are gifted that way. And so this, for you, if you want to look at this, I'd be happy to share it with you. But even just for me, as I look at this, I just go, man, God, thank you. <laughs> what, what a beautiful way that you have given different graces to different people for the sake, again, of the health of this community. As I look at this, it reminds me of 1 Corinthians, where Paul wrote, and this, again, was one of our, our key verses that we looked at in different ways. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when Paul was talking about, yes, in this chapter it's spiritual gifting, but I think it applies, he talks about one body with many members. And Paul writes this and he says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all our members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? But as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. See, I read this and I look at these stats or these answers from this assessment and I just look at it and go, God, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the unique way that, that this is true. That, that Missio is not just made up of only communication people or only civic people or only leadership people, only management, but God has created us with this beautiful mix. The grace of God in each of your lives, in each of our lives, and when we come together and work together and partner together, we can tell a more full, a more robust, beautiful story of the kingdom. I look at this chapter 12, and Paul focuses on the grace of God, the diversity that that grace creates, the unity of that diversity coming together, and out of that, something beautiful happening. And I can't help but continue to think and go, God, Thank you again for your grace here, the diversity in this room, the call to live it out in unity, and what are the good works that you've prepared in advance for us to do together? What's the amazing impact that you have created us for when we all grow in our awareness, grow in development, and then grow in generosity of exercising and stewarding our gifts together? I want to talk about two examples of the ways that I've seen this play out because some of you might be sitting here thinking, okay, this is cool, I understand individually more, but what does that look like as a group? This morning we, we heard a story about safe families or we heard more about an opportunity. I want to share with you a story that I think is a, a thing that we need to be celebrating uh, through our Safe Families Ministry. Uh, Becky, you guys may remember that back in April there was an invitation to do a work day for M um, on April 22nd. She lives in Oregon City. She's a single mom. She's got two children, both of them high needs. One of them is about 15 and the other one is five. And Becky Bechtel, who is our team lead and has gifts of leadership and also has gifts of interpersonal, 
uh, she's been exercising those gifts. She's been meeting with this mom. She's been connecting. And then there's the Austins, who I don't know exactly all of their gifts, but I know they have an interpersonal gift. I know they have a gift of just warmth of heart and love and care and empathy, and they've hosted one of the children. There's also the Safe Families team that is connected with us, and they've, they've got management, and they've got critical thinking, and they've got technical skills that have helped match and pair and put this all together. And one of the things that we did was say, hey, we're doing this yard work day. And a whole bunch of people showed up. And what was really cool, it wasn't just people from our church, it was people from another church. And so we got to experience the teamwork of two different bodies of Christ coming together. And that day in that yard, there was technical skill applied. There was management skill applied. There was leadership skill applied. There was critical thinking applied. There was people that showed up because even if they don't think they have a civic gifting, they were there because they were saying, I want to do something in my city for someone else to advocate for this mom for the sake of her flourishing. And we had 20 people show up on that lawn that day. The impact of that was that this mom actually contributed and participated by using her artistic gift. Before every single person left, she had created these bags that had a rose in it, that had a handwritten letter. And this woman, honestly, you guys, had some of the most beautiful handwriting I've ever seen in my life. I kid you not. A handwritten card, beautiful bag. She used her artistic gift to actually bless us. And again, I think that's a picture of the fact that each of us, even when we're in seasons where we don't feel at our greatest, even in seasons when we need help, even in seasons when we might feel like we're floundering and we're struggling, God still has placed grace gift in you. God's life is still within you, and you have something you can contribute for the sake of others. Each of us not only walked away blessed from being able to serve, but we were blessed by her using her gift, contributing in community that day. But beyond that, you guys, we had our first missio in the park two Sundays ago, and she showed up. She said that the, the outpouring of the, of the grace, the outpouring of compassion, the way that you guys showed up to be a circle of support and to bring kingdom impact to my home by cleaning my yard, she said that has ministered to me beyond what I can express to you. She came and said, hey, can you guys pray for me? She's, been, she's told Becky time and time again, she's told the Austins multiple times, I want to come out to your community more. She lives in Oregon City, so that's kind of a hardship for her distance-wise, but she went to the, the, the Missio in the park in Lake Oswego because it's closer. You guys, that's kingdom impact through collaboratively working together, applying different skills to come and show up and to say, yes, for the sake of someone else, I'm going to exercise my gift and the grace of God for someone else's flourishing. I think that's beautiful. Another story that I want to draw your attention to. This morning, we're going to dedicate our, our courtyard. And I want to I show you a couple pictures of, of, of this process because what you're going to see today is much different than what it was before. This is a picture of Tom McNabb in the orange shirt. He's an engineer, incredible technical skill. The guy in the, the bright yellow shirt is another guy named Tom. I don't know his last name, but they said, hey, we're Tom and Tom. And he's also an engineer. And then in the green shirt, we have our, our guy, Birch. Hold, hold on, give me, give me a second. How many of you guys think you could run this auger machine? A handful, right? I, honestly, that thing scared me. Th those machines, I guess, scare me. But all three of those guys were like, yeah, we're just, we're just doing this thing. And I was like, ah. Oh. And they had all these other technical machines to, to map out and measure, put those X's in exactly the right spot so that that thing was sturdy and strong. These guys were coming to apply technical skill given by God for the sake of a playground that we are going to use to bless our community. Go ahead, go to the next slide now. 
And we had Kelly and Peg come. And Kelly and Peg, if you know them, both of them have great interpersonal skills, but Kelly also have, has incredible technical skill. What he does up here every Sunday, that's technical skill, right? His technical skill is actually not on a ladder or with a wrench. But under the, under the management gifting and under the leadership gifting and under the directive gifting of, these other, of Tom next to him, Tom was able to guide and, and, and show him, here's exactly the level we need this at. Why am I going into these details? You guys, this, I believe, again, is a picture of discipleship. That you and I, again, have been given different gifts by the grace of God in our lives that have been given for the sake of community. They've been given for the sake of others. And one of the things that I'm hoping through this series and this conversation was for us to each be awakened to that idea and understanding of, yes, I have been created by God uniquely with something that I actually can pour into the life of someone else. That I can actually use to bless someone else and encourage their growth, their development, their flourishing. If you and I are followers of Jesus, each of us is called into a life of discipleship where we live life in the middle. We have other people, we have God himself, Father, Son, and Spirit pouring into us, and we have other people pouring into us, but we also are called to be pouring out into the lives of others. And that's not going to look the same for all of us, but we are all ought to be on that journey according to using the gifts and skills that God has given us. And this to me was a beautiful picture, again, of gifting used in a discipleship fashion and for the sake of the flourishing of community. Let's go to the next picture. This is the kids, and that's Aaron R. And Aaron R. and two of my boys and some other kids were down there with their shovels, and they were contributing cuteness and leadership and skill and manpower. And Aaron was showing them technically how to use that shovel without turning and whacking each other in the head. I'm so grateful for that. Let's go to the next picture. And here we had even more people showing up. And the, the, the critical thinking, honestly, to get that slide on, it took a lot of critical thinking. It took a lot of interpersonal communication and talking together in grace and in love, trying to get that thing figured out. We had people over there lifting and doing mixing and all these things. And I don't want to belabor this, you guys. But would you put up the picture of the, um, the courtyard artist, artist drawing? See, this, this is something that we sat down, this was a year ago. This was in, in 2022, and in, in spring of 2022, I sat down with a handful of people and with an architect, again, technical skill, our friend Ruth, and she drew this out. And we said, we believed that when we moved into this place, that this place was not going to be just for us, but we wanted to create a space that had some sort of a community center type hub, at least externally for, for the beginning, that would allow us to draw people in, that would allow the families and the, around here that don't have a playground, the kids in particular and families that I was meeting across the street in the playground, give them a place to play other than just in a blacktop. And we had this vision. We felt like God was calling us to this prayerfully. We said, this is what we think this should look like. And there was technical skill given to this. There was financial gifts given to this. There was prayer exercise for this. There was faith exercised together for this. You guys, and this, this picture now is actually completed. We have, that, we have that cement patio. We have that turf back there. We have this playground finally built, you guys, or after a year, again, of leadership, of vision, of management, of technical skill, of applying faith, of living together and in teamwork coming together and saying, we're going for this for the sake of the flourishing of the community around us. Do you guys see how this comes together? And each of us has a part to contribute, not just in these projects, but in anything that the Lord puts in front of us, Messiel. I'm stoked because I look at the gifting again of who we are, of the grace of God, and go, Lord, yes. Yes. And I'm wondering, can we all say yes together, right? Can we say yes together to apply our gifts, skills, talents in a holistic way? Again, not just inside these walls, but within our city to say together we can have an amazing kingdom impact for the flourishing and the redemption and the healing of our city. 
Because when we come together and we are aware of our gifts and we develop our gifts and we are generous with our gifts, we can have incredible kingdom impact together. Here's the thing. In both of these projects and in any other project I've ever worked on, using gifts in community, you guys, it's actually not easy. I'm not going to stand here and pretend that it is. There's, it's not always smooth. It requires humility. It requires gentleness. It requires love. Actually, the next chapter after, after 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is 1 Corinthians 13. And you guys know what 1 Corinthians 13 talks all about? Love. Not the type of love at wedding love that it's actually the stewardship of gifts in love. Saying, if I've got all these gifts, but I don't exercise it with love, I'm just a, a sounding, resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I'm making loud noise. I'm, I'm busting into a room. I'm, I'm the guy that is like, you throw the brick through the glass, like my teammates had to tell me as I shared last, last week. But we're to exercise it in love. And at the end of the day, we're able to do that because we know that we belong to one another in Christ. We begin to value and see one another as gifts from God with different gifts. We know that we're committed to one another and we're committed to a common vision and mission that we share in Christ. I, love, I want to read two quotes for you that I really love. Jenny Allen, she wrote a book called Find Your People. And in it she said this. She said, We are bound together in a shared mission and a calling that defines our relationships more profoundly than any title or salary or org chart. We run after God together and we help other people do the same. It's sacred work, and it is a mission that unites us in a deeper way than just sharing an office and accomplishing a task. It's powerful to think about. Again, these statistics are saying that most of you guys, when you think about and you hear these 12 giftings, you think about how do I apply this in, in an org chart, in some title, to get some salary, which you should, but that's just one part of life. To apply these actually, and again, a more full orb picture is to remember and to say that all of we do is actually sacred. There's not a bifurcation of life that says this part of my life is sacred and this part is just mine. No, all of life is sacred. And when we learn that, when we can steward it on a mission that unites us in a deeper way than just office titles or accomplishments, when we do that together, and Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against his church that the kingdom of God will continue to move forward. People will continue to experience grace and truth and life in Jesus when the church comes together in love to steward all that God has entrusted to us for the sake of the kingdom. See, when we share our gifts, multiplication happens. We grow personally and we witness God grow our community and his kingdom. And it's a very beautiful thing. Two truths that I want to remind us of as we kind of wrap up this series. One is this. We're all called to live life in community and not in isolation. That's been a key theme and a key part of, of this series, is remembering that we're called to live life in community. We were created for interdependence, not autonomy, although culture will tell us that as, as a common narrative. Relational connection, receptivity, that that's part of us, again, reflecting and bearing the image of God who himself exists as three persons in community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and created us to be in relationship with him and in interdependent relationship with one another for the sake of our health and flourishing and for the world. The other thing I want to remind you as a truth is that God has gifted you with some gift. God has gifted each and every one of you with some gift. And I believe it's actually okay to say, I am gifted with this and I'd like to offer it for the sake of community and for the kingdom of God. 
whether that's in your home, (laughs) whether that's in your neighborhood, whether that's in your workplace, whether that's here, to have an awareness of how God has wired and created you and to come forward in humility, in faith, in zeal, in joy, and in generosity, as as Romans 12 tells us, to come forward and say, this is how I'm, I'm gifted. Because here's the other thing that I think is important. When we hold back areas of our lives from God, we are actually the ones that miss out. When we hold back different areas and aspects of our lives from the Lord or from his use, we are actually the ones that miss out. This is a principle I've learned over and over throughout my life. One of my mentors taught me this in college and I've thought about it ever since. All these years, constantly thinking, anytime there's a struggle in a wrestling, whether it was finances or time or gifting or anything that I have, just going, you know what? Lord, if I feel you drawing me to put something forward, to steward something by faith, and I withhold it, I actually am the one that misses out. And not only do I miss out, again, the community and the people around me miss out. Because God has created each and every one of you uniquely to do good works which he's prepared in advance for you to do. That you would walk in them. That people through you would see Jesus. That through you, they would understand what grace and truth looks like. That through you, they would know that there is a good and loving Father who loves them, who's redeemed them, who is with them, who is for them, who is present in their lives and in their world. And God wanting to tell that story through you through the acts that you would do, through the words that you would declare, through your life. And I hope that that's a key thing that we all remember and would draw from this series. Finally, I would say this. Again, I want to share with you another quote. This is Brene Brown in her book, Daring Greatly. Good read if you haven't read it. She said this. She said, when we spend our lives waiting until we're perfect or bulletproof before we walk into the arena, we ultimately sacrifice relationships and opportunities that may not be recoverable. We squander our precious time and we turn our back on our gifts, those unique contributions that only we can make. See, again, some of you in hearing about this, you might be thinking, well, my gift's not developed yet enough. That's okay. I don't feel confident in my gift yet. That's okay. I'm not sure it's the right timing. Okay, that's okay. But at some point to be in a place, to be in a space where you realize it's safe and it's okay to fail, that we all learn through growing, we learn through trying, actually putting myself in a place where I'm not fully developed yet, but I'm being obedient to God's leading, puts me on that edge where I actually have to trust. I actually have to step out in faith and let God show up and do the things that only he can do when I show up in obedience to the thing that he is calling me to do. But if I sit in fear and say no for all kinds of reasons, I love how she put this, we're going to miss out on opportunities that actually might not be recoverable. And we'll squander days, we'll squander time, we'll squander and turn our backs on the gifts that God has given us for his glory, for our good, and for the flourishing and benefit of the world. So to wrap it up, I want to, I want to invite you to think about a few things. Missio, would you, in application with me in this season, would you commit to live your life in community? Would you commit to live your life in community? See, it's in community, again, that we are called to exercise the gifts. It's in community that we are affirmed of our gifts. It's in community that we develop and we, we grow our gifts. And sometimes, here's, here's a truth, sometimes we need to act our way into believing something. Does that make sense? Sometimes we believe something and therefore then I go and I act on it and it's really, it's really easy to do. But there actually are some times in scripturally where we are called to go and take a step of action first before we actually believe that this thing is true. 
And sometimes God prompts us to do something and I need to go and act again and do it first. And through that action, through that obedience, through actually physically engaging in something, I realize and go, oh wow, Lord, what you're saying is true. And then I believe it. And I'd invite you to think about this. In this season, as you think about what is your step of living life in community, right now are you in a season where you need to act your way into believing or do you need to believe your way into acting? I think in different seasons and at different times, it's different, it's different things, but it applies for each of us. What is God speaking to you through this morning and through this time? Committing to live life in community. The second, I would say, initiate a conversation with somebody, uh, whether it's on our staff or whether that's someone you trust in your MC or in community. And initiate a conversation with somebody. Talk about where do you think you're gifted or where are you wanting to grow or where are you wanting to exercise gifts? And again, not just here in these walls. Maybe you feel like God's prompting you to do something in your neighborhood. Maybe you feel like God's prompting you to use a gift in your workplace and it's just been in your head. But to actually sit down with someone trusted that, that will come along as a thought partner, a critical thinker, an encourager, they'll sit and listen to you and help you process that gift and might actually push you into the place of courage that you need. Would you initiate a conversation with somebody this week in this season to say, Here, here's what I'm thinking, here's what I'm feeling, here's what I'm gifted. And finally, if you didn't take the assessment yet, I'd invite you to take it. Maybe it'd be a step for you of, of, of self-awareness. That you'd step into this journey again of, of awareness to greater understanding and development to then being able to steward with generosity the life that, that God has given you. You know, Missio, this morning to wrap up, usually we wrap up with um, communion. We're not going to do that one today. And often we wrap up and usually we wrap up with uh, closing worship and we're not going to do that today either. Our, our act of closing worship today is actually that we are going to go out and we're going to put the final touches together as a community on that communal space that we've created. We're going to go out there together, and I've asked uh, someone within our community to use one of her giftings in leadership of prayer to lead and guide us in, in praying over our communal space and to actually, in a sense, have a ribbon cutting and dedicate this space to the Lord. But before we do that, I want to invite each of us, even just here now, to just to sit quietly for a moment and for you to think and maybe even just to receive from the Lord and encouragement related to this series as we wrap up. And after you do that, I'm going to pray. And here's partly why I'm doing that. That gal this morning in that, in that article, her name again, Melissa, she said not only was seeing the face of God or seeing the face of, of her father transformational in her understanding of herself, but she said she got a hug for the first time in her life from her father. And she said that changed everything. Just sitting there for a moment in the embrace of my father changed everything. And this morning, I, I've just been praying that we, each of us today, would feel in some way, shape, or form the embrace of God on this day. And I, I want to hold a space just for a few minutes, just for a minute even, to go, maybe I've been praying, Lord, would you hug people this morning? Or would you give them a brace? And so in some way, shape, or form, um, yeah, I'm just trusting at some place in this day, you're going to be ministered to by the Father. But would you sit in silence with me for a moment, and then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to go out there and dedicate, Okay.
God, you are good beyond what my words can describe. But I thank you and praise you for who you are, for your loving kindness towards us. That you are the Lord, the Lord, the God who is compassionate and gracious, full of steadfast love and kindness. That, God, you don't hold our sin against us, but that you extend grace and mercy and forgiveness. And that, God, you, you love us. And Lord, I thank you for the grace that you have given to this community, to my brothers and sisters here, to this family. God, thank you for the ways that each one here is your workmanship created by you in love and in Christ for good works which you've prepared in advance for us to do. Lord, I pray for a release of your love into this community. I pray for a release of the work of your spirit in this community. I pray for a release of your grace, God, that would allow us to have uh, right insight in seeing and understanding who we are, the way that you've created us. God, I pray for just a release of courage into this community, God, and a release of faith. God, that we would exercise uh, our lives with, with faith. Um, Lord, would you silence fear? Would you silence lies of the enemy that would try to deter us from individually living out the grace you've called us to or communally living out the grace that you've called us to? God, I'm thankful that um, you are with us, that you are for us, and that, God, you have a, a beautiful story that you are writing with, with our lives individually and as a community that is to declare who you are, that is to exalt your Son, Jesus Christ, that is to partner with your Holy Spirit to work and move in this world for the sake of its healing. We thank you, God, that you love this world, and we thank you that you have placed us in unique spaces within it, in our homes, in our workplaces, here as a community together, to be salt and to be light, to do good works that would bring glory to you, our, our Father. And so, God, yeah, on, on this day, um, would we be reminded of, of how good of a Father you are, how gracious you are in all that you do, that every good thing that we have comes from you, and would we live our lives by faith and trust to bring you glory and to experience more wholeness ourselves, even as we contribute to the wholeness of this world. And so, God, again, I release your love and your blessing over this community, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.